Every day I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby. And Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean. Just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews, and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Join Reddit on Wiki every Monday and Friday for some of the most jaw-dropping stories Reddit has to offer. With each episode, John, Sean, and Josh meticulously curate the most engaging content from Reddit, transforming it into a podcast experience filled with laughter, awe, and sometimes disbelief. I, I bet. Get ready for a roller coaster ride of emotions with the most captivating stories from the corners of the internet. Subscribe to Reddit on Wiki wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God. Okay, Phrasiacs, it's official. Here we are. Um, it, it, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have to talk about it. I have to talk about it. I teased it on my social media and I said, um, and, and oh my God, you know, I did my first stand up set in Los Angeles on Sunday night at the Ha Ha Comedy Club. I did. And I was, okay, let's back up here. Um, you know, if you're new to the show, hi, I'm Sarah Frazier, longtime podcaster. The Sarah Frazier show is about to turn six, which is bananas, like this coming December. Um, former radio personality for the Kane show on Hot 99.5, a brief acting career on HBO's Crashing. Uh, I was only on for about 60 seconds as a radio DJ. And uh, I still work for Fox 5 DC. You've probably seen me on Like It or Not on Tuesday nights, or maybe you haven't. You, you probably live in Kansas and you're like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Anyway, welcome to the show. So I, I would say anybody that's followed this podcast for any amount of time knows that I have always had this fear, like I've always wanted to do a stand-up. And I think years ago when I was writing in my manifesting journal or whatever, I had written, I think by like the age of 30 or something, I would be a stand-up comic. It's a few years later. Um, but anyway, I, I've always wanted to do it. I've had a big fear of doing stand-up by myself because I've just always worked on ensembles. And I never really knew how to write jokes. You know, I think people always knew me to have funny comments and play off people and be funny. But to write your own set, to have your own comedy stuff is like a whole nother level, right? So when I moved to Los Angeles in this, all right, you talk about how God, the universe works, right? I met this comic and 
we ended up going out and having coffee together. So I just said, tell me about, you know, comedy or whatever. And she said, look, if, if you are curious about doing standup, you should sign up for this guy, Jerry Katzman's comedy class. He, you know, he's kind of got this cult following in LA. He's really great. I took his class and you come out of it learning how to write comedy, but you also come out of it with, um, you know, with this kind of network of people that you can start getting booked on open mic nights and all that stuff. I was like, okay. I took Jerry's class. Absolutely love it. Loved it. And, And by the way, even if you're listening to me and you're an East Coast follower, because we did have a woman from Ohio, she was in our class this year or this session. She, um, was amazing. Now, the classes are usually in the evenings, I think like six to nine. That's when ours were. So I guess if you're on the East Coast, you got to kind of be a late nighter if you've ever been curious about stand up. So it would be nine to midnight. Unbelievable. Like it was it was so great in teaching you how to write jokes. And then you also kind of learn how to be in a writer's room and pitch people jokes, right? Because you think, that you have to come up with all the material yourself. At least that's what I thought. I thought that I had to write my own jokes. I couldn't really accept pitches from other people because would it be mine? But then you find out all these comics, that's that's what they're all doing. They're all working with other comics and, and writing things. And I guess the art of stand-up is that the joke hinges on like one or two words, you know? And that's what's wild. But anyway, it was great and after weeks I don't know I think you do eight weeks or something maybe nine weeks in the class then you all perform at a showcase night where you all do your sets for the very first time a five minute set you think five minutes is a lot it's not once you get into doing stand-up and you write literally a five minute set is like five jokes that's it it's like a joke a minute that's like by the time you get to the setup the punchline maybe there's a tag maybe there's something after and so how did it go it went pretty well, okay? I mean, were there some highs? Yeah, were a few people offended? Probably, you know? I mean, I mean, was there an Anne Frank joke that I did that my teachers told me probably wouldn't work? Yes, but did it all work out? 100%. Oh my God. I mean, right now, I'm so tired because I'm recording this the day after. I'm so exhausted. But also, if you told, if you like booked me at four o'clock, Okay, no one goes on stand-up at four. Uh, if you booked me tonight at eight for a stand-up show, I'd do it. I'd do it. Now I'm addicted. I'm addicted. I mean, I am like, okay, when do we cut? Like, uh, how do I like reincarnate Joan Rivers? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so anyway, it was, it was awesome. And um, I had no intentions of telling you guys about it. I was actually never going to share it. I was going to really do stand-up 10 times. Because this is like the basis of my learning. I saw a TikTok video from like a motivational coach. And she said that most people never try something 10 times. And what she meant by that was like they never knock on 10 doors. So if you're like a salesperson or if you're like in the entertainment business and you want to get on TV or you're in the music business, most people never knock on 10 doors and tell people exactly what they want. They do it a couple times. They get rejected. And they never do it again. So... I had totally planned on doing stand-up by myself out here in LA because, you know, not a lot of people know me. And I was going to do it for 10 times before I said anything on the podcast. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to stand up right now while I'm doing this podcast. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) um, 
But th- what happened is in the class, and if you take the class, you'll find this out. One of the kind of asks or obligations of doing the class is that you promote the comedy show and you like get your friends to come, right? Because you obviously need a bunch of people in the audience as well. The more, the bigger the audience, ironically, the better. Because once people like, once a couple people laugh, everybody else laughs and on and on and on. So anyway, I wasn't going to tell anybody, but I had to tell everybody leading up. And I got a lot of nice messages from you guys that were like, yes, you know, I wish I was there. I wish I was in LA. I would come, come back to the East Coast and do a set. Don't worry. I will, I will be back. Um, I, I think, you know, I'm still going to keep my commitment to myself of doing 10 times, but I'm going to really work that out. And then, uh, after I do 10 times and kind of get my stuff out there, then I'll probably, uh, see if I can open a show for somebody. You know what I mean? Um, Sarah Silverman has to be looking for people to open for her in DC and I'm probably top of the list. I mean, I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie. <laughs> no, believe me, it takes a long time and there are very, very talented, um, comedians out here but I would just say to you no matter what age you are no matter what is going on in your life if there is some itch that you've always had do it there's no better time than now the universe is right the timing is right I for years I've looked at other female stand-up comics online and and I always feel like another thing I learned from TikTok um and you might I don't know how much you want to take this advice because it's from TikTok so I mean these people say that they're something but they're probably liars the other thing I learned from TikTok was a Chelsea Handler interview where she essentially said, if you're jealous of someone or something, that's usually an inclination that you want to do that or be that person. And for the past couple of years, I've just seen on stand on Instagram and other social media platforms, these stand-up comedians, female comedians. And I'm like, why am I not doing that? Why am I not doing that? Like you were supposed to be on stage. You need to do that. So the time was now. The time was now and it's it is the perfect timing. So if there's something in your life you've always wanted to do, just try it. Just try it. And and the universe will it will be the right time when you are meant to do it. So follow that gut instinct. You're never too old to start something. And what I love about comedy is you can do comedy at all ages because people want to laugh and they want to come see you and they want to escape for 5 minutes for your set. So Shout out to Jerry Katzman and Heather, who's his um, co-teacher in the class. They were terrific. And all of my classmates that are just so talented that I've gotten to know out here in Los Angeles. Um, The other big thing that happened over the weekend, Father's Day. We got to talk Father's Day. And then have you seen the J-Lo documentary where she talks about her mom beating the shit out of her, how the Super Bowl fucked up by having J-Lo and Shakira. I mean, I have a million thoughts about this documentary, which I watched over the weekend. Um, but let's talk Father's Day. Uh, it was, oh, man, we had a great Father's Day for Schmando. Schmando, um, I, I got my act together. I got my act together. Um, so I don't know if any of you guys have ever felt this way, but when Schman and I first started dating, I would say like I was the good gift giver. Like I really listened to things that he liked, whether it was a beer or when I first met Schman, he actually lived with three other guys in this like town home. Um, he had the basement apartment. One of the guys had a dog that he was like, Schman loves dogs, um, which is funny because I'm not really a pet person. I, um, I, I never wish any harm or ill will on animals, but I, I don't understand how we've gotten to a place where like there's a dog at the next table while you're trying to fucking eat brunch. Like, why do we have to bring dogs to restaurants? 
Um, and this is where you probably no longer want to come to my stand-up show. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't really love cats either. I don't. I, I grew up with pets outside. They ca- they came in in the wintertime when it was cold. Um, and maybe at night, but they did not. Uh, they weren't all over you. Yeah, like they are now. So I would really listen to what Schman wanted, and I would get him gifts that he really could use so but then along the way I think maybe because I bitched so much he sort of became the good gift giver um I mean he's not like that good but like he he did like you know he got me like a pair of Chanel earrings as a push gift you know I mean I have to kind of give him I have to tell him what I want but he'll go and get it I act surprised it works right but for his, so for Father's Day, I really wanted to come through with something. And he has been talking about going to see Arcade Fire and didn't really like want to spend the money. So I, um, I bought him the ticket. So we're going to see Arcade Fire. Do I know any of the songs? No. He's obsessed with some new song that they have, I guess, that the main guy like wrote for his kid about life lessons or something. Schman sings it all the time. I feel like Schman gets emotional. I love when a man cries. I think it's so sexy. Um, he gets a little teary-eyed, I think, now being a dad. So we're going to see Arcade Fire. I thought that was a great gift. He didn't ante- he didn't anticipate it. I think he was super happy. He wanted to go to Venice Beach and go run. Um, so we decided to take KJ down to Venice Beach. Guys, I absolutely love LA. I do. I, I loved Washington for so long. And when I moved to D.C., I thought it was the greatest city in the world. And then I came to Los Angeles, and I feel like L.A. is the greatest city in the world. But it is like Schman and I – it was 8, 8 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. And he wants to jog the trail. We go out, and both of us look at each other, and we're like, is, are, we, are we extras in an episode of The Walking Dead? I mean, it is like – you just can't – the homeless situation here is like insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, there was a man walking around – with a towel around his waist, nude otherwise, barefooted, just yelling and screaming and punching himself in the face. I mean, that's just getting you started. There's another guy on a bicycle doing circles while smoking weed with a face mask, like with a ski mask on. It's like, what? I mean, you can't. There's two women yelling at each other, Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter. I mean, on on broken record. I mean, you literally are like, am I on a movie? Like, okay, it, did the insane asylum just let everybody out and I'm on a movie loop? It is uh, I can't even explain to you. So we jog through that. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, is, like, if you can look beyond that, Venice Beach is like one of the most amazing, eclectic, fabulous people watching you will ever find in your life. It's just a little challenging to get. If you can just get past that, then you're all set. Anyway, I... um, we So we went, we did that. We went to a really nice brunch. Um, I don't even know how... Justa, Justa, I think is how you spell it. G-J-U-S-T-A. If you're coming to this area, come and check it out. It's like a French bakery. Very just homemade good, baked goods, all this stuff. A little bit of a line, but it moves fast. And um, so we did that. And then, of course, my stand-up was on Sunday night. So thankfully, he was such a good father to watch KJ. And KJ came to my... um, to my stand-up show and surprisingly didn't heckle so I thought you know what maybe my t- material isn't that bad I want to talk about the JLo documentary I don't know if you've watched it you guys know my love for documentaries um I 
Ooh, I, you know, I'm so conflicted about this one. So conflicted. So we'll talk about that, but you know, I have to thank my sponsors first. I call him the Nozempic Ben on Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment want to give some love to Dame Products. Guys, um, Dame Products is known for their exceptional sex toys. Their sex toys and their sex lubes are unmatched in the sex positive world. Their aloe lube is an aloe-based lubricant formulated to the vagina's pH, and it can be used for bodies and on uh, toys. Their sex oil is an all-natural full-body massage oil formulated with arousing ingredients. On top of that, they're known for Finn, a finger vibrator designed to be an extension of your hand during both partner and solo play. Here's the best part. Uh, listeners to the Sarah Fraser Show are going to get 15% off at checkout when you use the code TSFS. Go to dameproducts.com then type in tsfs for 15 percent off your order when you go to check out we love us some dame products better help guys better help you're taking care of your uh, body and your sex drive now you need to take care of your mind better help actually helps bring um mental health right to you you can now see a better help specialist without leaving your home we associate burnout with work but that's not the only cause any of our other roles in life can lead to you feeling burnt out too being a wife being a mom even a caretaker to your parents a lot of us are facing that as well so you have to prioritize yourself talking to someone can help you figure out what is truly causing that stress better help is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions uh, with your therapist so you never have to see anyone on camera unless you want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Sarah Fraser Show listeners right now are going to get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash TSFS. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash TSFS. You guys know we've been going to therapy for a long time. I absolutely love therapy. I think everybody needs it and it should be affordable. So BetterHelp is a terrific, terrific option. Also Cameo, I talk about my Cameos, but now you can book me at Cameo.com slash Sarah Frazier. I just did a wedding shout out. So if you are looking for a wedding shout out, your coworker loves to listen to the podcast or sees me on Fox 5, um, maybe it's a longtime listener. I would love to do a shout out for you. Cameo.com slash Sarah Frazier and book me today thank y'all um all right let's talk about this j-lo documentary so if you haven't seen it, it's on it's called halftime it premiered netflix last tuesday um jennifer lopez it really focuses on her career leading up to the super bowl and um hustlers the movie okay now 
I'm I'm so conflicted. Like all these documentaries that I watch about celebrities, and by the way, hands down, the best one is Roadrunner um, about Anthony Bourdain. If you haven't seen that, Aaron, is it Aaron Neville? No, I think he's the singer, right? Anyway, this guy that does these documentaries, he's done several about celebrities. They're so good. 20 Feet from Stardom. Have you ever watched 20 Feet from Stardom? Oh my God, you guys know I'm obsessed with like Hollywood, everything. 20 Feet from Stardom is all about backup dancer, uh, backup singers for some of the biggest acts in the world. So Bruce Springsteen, um, the Rolling Stones, and some of these, it's mostly women, some men, are trying to break out and become leading singers. And they're just 20 feet from stardom, 20 feet from the solo microphone. And it just talks about how hard it is to do that. It's a wild business here. Wild business um, in Hollywood. Um, So anyway, I I digress to say that Roadrunner with Anthony Bourdain truly is like one of the greatest documentaries I've seen recently. But this one was produced by Netflix. um, And it's... I'm so conflicted on this because I think what it does, first and foremost, for me, what it does is show just what an incredible career and how much Jennifer Lopez has succeeded. Like how she truly went from a backup dancer and singer to like basically stardom, you know? And you have to appreciate like the hustle. She talks about growing up in her family, that she was sort of the underdog. I'm all for being the underdog, you know? really in her family her mom really wanted to be an actress so there's like a little bit of jealousy there because the mom really didn't want to get married um, and have a family she wanted to kind of break out and and be an actress on her own but they'd moved here from Puerto Rico and she Jennifer talks about how she was not the singer in the family like she had an you know her older sister was the singer she was always the dancer and then another sister was the actress so in her family they didn't consider her to be a an exceptional actor or um, singer at all. And, you know, it's a little bit, it's good at kind of telling that. They avoid, they talk about the controversy of her relationships. And this is where it kind of loses me because it's like they essentially talk about how her her relationships, because, you know, she's been engaged five or six times, have overshadowed overshadowed her work to a degree. And it's like, well... Okay, but you've been engaged like six or seven times. Like, people are fascinated. You're in Hollywood. Like, those are going to go hand in hand. I don't know. I always, that's where people lose me a little bit is like it seemed a little complainy, you know, like, well, people shouldn't have been discounting my, you know, or discounting my work over my relationships. But I mean, men, women, like, who isn't overshadowed by that? I feel like unless you're, I mean, unless you're wallpaper and you don't make any moves in Hollywood, people always want to hear the gossip in your life. But so she really goes into the disappointment of not being nominated for an Oscar for the movie Hustlers. Now, I never saw the movie Hustlers, so I'm curious if you guys felt like it was an Oscar-worthy performance. She gets nominated for a Golden Globe. She doesn't win the Golden Globe. She hadn't been nominated for a Golden Globe prior to Hustlers for like 15 years, you know? Um, Same with, I'm not sure, I think there was a film that she was, maybe it was... I don't know if she was ever nominated for an Oscar, actually. Maybe for Selena. I think that was kind of maybe the last time, right? So she's very proud of this, you know, this movie. She, they put a lot of time into it. It was obviously a, you know, she was also talking about her um, Latin American background and how she, you know, had to overcome so much as a woman of color. All those things I loved about the documentary. 
And and the thing about Hustlers, it was like, okay, I get, you know, I get that you're disappointed. Totally understand that. And then they kind of go into the um, Super Bowl. And that was like, oh, you know what this documentary left me wanting is more. Because the shade of it all, the shade of it all. Very much so, I walked away from this documentary is she shades the NFL. She shades Shakira. Like she, they, they kind of treat Shakira like, Oh, fuck. We got to work with Shakira. Like, <laughs> and I could understand both sides of this. Part of me was like, good for JLo for telling her truth, which her truth is she feel, felt like she was completely slighted from being um, getting nominated for an Oscar, which I think was a risky move for this documentary because it's kind of like you your career is still popping. Like you could still be nominated for an Oscar. Are they going to kind of hold that against you that you sort of call out the Academy for having bad taste? Maybe it doesn't matter. Um, but then they get to the Super Bowl and she really didn't want to do the Super Bowl show with Shakira. And if she did, she wanted each of them to have 10 minutes. Now, the entire, I think, halftime is 21 minutes with commercials, this halftime show, and then commercials again and coming back to the football game. So it's like 21, 22 minutes, right? So she wanted each of them to have five minutes, I guess, um, that kind of thing. But the the NFL wouldn't do that. They had to find a way to collaborate. So you get a little bit of a sense that she was very annoyed with trying to collaborate with Shakira's people. And then they hardly show Shakira in the documentary when they're at the Super Bowl. They show her briefly. And it's so funny to see the behind the scenes because when I watched the Super Bowl with those two women, I was like, oh, my God, this is the most empowering show ever. Like and they, and that was that was her goal. JLo's goal was to be empowering to women all across the world, but also to take a stance about at the time what was going on with um the children being detained and separated from their families at the border, right? And so she had these kind of like makeshift cages the day before, the day before the Super Bowl. Um the NFL decides it's too controversial and they want to pull them. Now, again, I wanted more detail, but whatever her longtime manager and J-Lo did, they, they just had made a decision they were not going to rearrange the show. They weren't going to pull it. And maybe because it was so last minute or whatever, they go through with it. The NFL didn't want to make any political statement. I think we all know how the NFL is with that stuff. But I'm just like so curious. To me, it was so obvious that J-Lo was not into Shakira in any way, shape, or form. Felt like the NFL were pussies because they didn't, um, you know, they didn't make a decision and give them each part of their halftime show. Um, And then it just was like, I, I, I wanted so much more. I, I wanted her to just go there and just say like, and she does kind of, but I really wanted her to go there and talk about Shakira because it was so obvious that she did not even want to be on the stage with her. Um, anyway, the, the, some of the biggest revelations, obviously, J-Lo talks about her mom, beat the shit out of her because her mom wanted what was best for her. Jennifer Lopez was inspired to inclu- include child dancers in her portion of the 2020 halftime show after visiting a dance school in New York. Um, Lopez thought it was the worst idea in the world for her and the 2020 halftime show with Shakira. I'm just so curious if Shakira felt the same way. Um, and I get, I get what she's saying. Most of the time they do have one headliner. Although I guess I see, don't they all collaborate? Although Katy Perry, didn't Katy Perry headline her own show? Bruno Mars. Lopez felt that working too hard may have made her sick and a little depressed. I mean, her schedule was like unreal. 
Um, the NFL tried to remove the cage part of Lopez's performance the night before. I talked about that. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, certainly watch it. I feel like you will not be disappointed. And, I mean, just her career and the pace that she keeps up is unbelievable. Also, what was fascinating, this documentary was shot when she was still with A-Rod. So they must have gone back. They, there's no A-Rod in the documentary whatsoever. Uh, there is Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck talks about what amazing human being she is. Um, but, you know, I had such mixed reviews. Like, sometimes I walk away and I watch a documentary and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so – like, I watched the Taylor Swift documentary. I actually had a new appreciation for Taylor Swift. And I felt the, the same way about J-Lo. I did have a new appreciation, I think, for just how much she's been through, how hard she's worked. But I was like, oh, my God. This is I, – I'm I, like, I felt like it just didn't go all the way there. And maybe that's a good thing because it's leading up to she can do another documentary in another 20 years when she's 70 and then really talk shit, you know. Bottom line is I want to hear the shit, you know. That's it. So um, if you if you guys didn't catch yesterday's podcast, I really encourage you to check it out, especially if you're looking for a new inspiring show that talks a little shit, talks a little personal shit. Um, two podcast hosts named Leah and Erica host the podcast called Hey Sister Soul Sister. I don't think they sing the title, though. It's Hey Sister, Soul Sister, I think is what it's about. Um, they, and I love them, too. They're two women of color, Asian woman and um, a Latin American woman. And she, they both talk about their experiences, everything from dating to their finances to jobs to moving across the country. I can relate to a lot of their content. I really think it's terrific. They also talk pop culture, which you got to love a little pop culture. So um, if you haven't listened to that interview, I think it's fun. It's just a great listen, and I think you'll really enjoy everything that they have to say. And if you've never checked out their podcast, hopefully you'll do that too. So definitely check out yesterday's podcast. And then as a reminder, you know, tomorrow I'll do a brand new TLC Talk episode. My Wednesday episodes are just a recap of your favorite TLC shows, including I Love a Mama's Boy, which is back. And P.S., I've said it a million times, but... I Love a Mama's Boy is one of the highest rated shows on cable television, as big an audience as Bravo, if you can believe it. So there you have it. And you can catch um, new episodes of the Sarah Fraser Show seven days a week. All right, you guys. Love you so much. Be sure to be following me on TikTok at the Sarah Fraser Show. Tell somebody about this podcast that has never heard of the show and see you soon on the stage. Oh, my God. I'm a stand-up comic. Not really. I got a lot of work to do. Anyway, bye, everybody.